Hoosiers look set to play Arizona in men's basketball this upcoming season, as it was reported over the weekend. We're going to take a look at what we'll what we know about that game and look ahead to the season as a whole and take a look at uh, some teams, some games we could see the Hoosiers playing as we kind of preview the 2022-23 schedule as a whole. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, May 10th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. Whether it's news, analysis, we have your previews and recaps during the season. We have you covered for pro, college Hoosiers alike. We try to cover everything going on with IU here. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude, and I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers part of your day today, specifically your first listen every single day. Just a reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, uh, specifically over at YouTube where we premiere the episodes there daily at 7 a.m. You guys go join in on that conversation. Our audience over there is growing rapidly, so uh, become one of those uh, members. Subscribe to our channel and join in on that conversation daily. Uh, Totally spaced it in Monday's episode, that IU-Arizona game that was reported over the weekend. Uh, Blessing in disguise, though, because that means we can spend the entire episode today talking about that game and kind of taking a look at what IU schedule could look like. Clearly they're beefing up the schedule after a pretty cupcake schedule last season. So uh, it's interesting the approach they're taking and it leads to some potentially interesting teams that could be on the schedule. Before we jump into any of that, as always, you guys can uh, subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers everywhere we're, we're anywhere that you guys listen to podcasts at we are there also follow us on twitter at lo underscore hoosiers uh, you can follow me on twitter as well at jacob rude keep it real simple for you guys let's dive into what we know about this iu arizona game reported by john rothstein over the weekend it looks like it's set to take place december 10th in las vegas at the mgm grand garden arena a neutral site game Use quotations there because uh, a little bit closer for Arizona than IU, but a fun opportunity for the Hoosiers to take part in a game against a team that, uh, or a program, I should say, that has mirrored Indiana in some ways of recent years. They both had Miller brothers as their coaches. They both fired them and saw greener pastures in the first years after. Obviously, Mike Woodson gets Indiana back to the tournament, Tommy Lloyd was the AP National Coach of the Year in 2022 uh, at Arizona. He went 33-4 and in his first season. So if you thought Mike Woodson's first season was good, Arizona has you trumped over there. Uh, Arizona lost to Houston in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament, though, but still a fantastic season for the Wildcats. Despite having the connection of Archie and Sean Miller, uh, despite being two of the probably top 15 winningest programs in college basketball history. These two programs have never met. Uh, I had, I searched, I 
search twice, search three times, because I really didn't believe that these two teams had somehow never met before, not in the regular season, not in any kind of early season tournament, not in the NCAA tournament. These two teams have never met. There was obviously a fairly marquee women's matchup recently with in the Elite Eight 2021 IU fell to Arizona, but on the men's side, there has been, there's never been anything. So an interesting matchup in that regard against a team that IU has never seen before. So uh, fun and uh, really just shocking that there are still teams, uh, not necessarily that there are teams out there that Indiana hasn't played, but one of the best teams kind of historically and especially over the last couple of decades uh, that Indiana has not played. This also is them very much, Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers, strengthening that schedule. It was definitely a weakness last year, uh, the strength of schedule out of conference. We've talked a lot about it. It was almost, it was a bit of a necessity with Mike Woodson coming in his first year and just being totally unproven. And he spoke last season about wanting to strengthen the schedule, and uh, he stuck to it. He, he wasn't kidding about that because IU is going to play this game on December 10th. The next weekend, they will go to, Ka- to Kansas and Fog Allen Fieldhouse to play the defending champions. We knew about that game uh, quite a while ago, but this Arizona game followed by a Kansas game uh, leading right up to the holidays. He put Mike Woodson put his money where his mouth is, figuratively speaking, and uh, and has really beefed up this schedule. Um, this team is going to be much more tested this year than they were last year. Again, with such an easy non-conference schedule where they played a lot of games in Assembly Hall, uh, really the only games they played outside of Assembly Hall last season, that Syracuse game, which was kind of mandated by the ACC Big Ten Tournament, and then conference games, and that was it. Uh, they didn't have a road win until middle of January. So they may not have a road win again until the middle of January, but they're going to have a lot more games taking place away from home. Uh, they only had the one neutral site game last year prior to the tournaments, uh, Big Ten and NCAA. That was against Notre Dame uh, in the Crossroads Classic, and – Look, I know there were a lot of fans that were upset about the Crossroads Classic being taken out and not continued. These two games are prime examples of why IU did not want to do that anymore because it's a lot more appealing to them to play a Kansas and an Arizona in the weekends that typically the Crossroads Classic fell on. Um, Specifically last year, the Crossroads Classic game against Notre Dame was played on the 18th. They're going to play Kansas on the 17th. So these are two weekends now they can spend against programs like this because uh, respectfully speaking, Notre Dame and Butler were not quite to the level of what Arizona and Kansas are going to be. So you can understand there were obviously other reasons to it. Uh, it, As much fun on paper as a Crossroads Classic was, it never really amounted to uh, what it could have been during its uh, lifetime or lifespan. So that's gone, and this is the prime examples of what IU wanted to do with those spots in the schedule. Play the Arizonas, play the Kansases, get a much more tested and um, tougher games into the schedule. And on that note, 
IU is going to have a pretty tough schedule next season. We already know a couple other games that could potentially be on the schedule. So we're going to take a look at what we know IU is going to be playing and some teams that IU could also play uh, and just brainstorm and look at some logical teams that could be in the mix next season as well. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. So what do we know about IU's schedule outside of the uh, Arizona and Kansas games? Not a ton yet, but we're able to connect some dots, try to piece together some of the schedule to get a sense of how tough it's going to be. The other marquee game, or potentially marquee game, the other thing we know, I should say, that's going to be on the schedule is the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And there is a really good chance that IU is going to get a really big game in that challenge. Uh, IU is obviously a big draw in that, uh, in terms of audience and viewers, and uh, they like to pair Indiana up with your Dukes, with your UNCs, and if, especially if Trace Jackson Davis comes back next season, IU is going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten next season, and that's even more reason to potentially put them up against a Duke or a UNC. Now, there are other teams possible. They played Syracuse last year. Potentially, you could play Notre Dame in this now. That was off the table with the Crossroads Classic before, so that would be uh, underwhelming, I guess is the right word for Notre Dame to be the opponent one year after you get rid of the Crossroads Classic after playing Notre Dame, it's on the table. If I were a betting man, especially if Trace Jackson Davis returns, I would say there's a really good chance they play a Duke or a UNC next season. Both teams that IU has played multiple times in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, uh, they've led to some big wins, typically over UNC, and some big losses, typically against Duke. Uh, the good news is it should be a home game for Indiana. They went to Syracuse last year. They're not very uh, – it doesn't have to be rotating home and away games, but uh, especially if Indiana is going to be a good team this year, uh, you can put them on primetime assembly hall and really have a good product put out there. So – there's a there's a pretty good chance that IU could play both teams that were in the national title game last season or at least two of the four final four teams from that last season in Kansas and Duke. We'll see how that plays out, but I really would not be surprised if you're playing a Duke or a UNC. And if that's the case, you suddenly have three really, really high-quality teams uh, on the schedule with an Arizona, with a Kansas, with a Duke or a UNC. And that starts to look like one of the best schedules in the country. There are teams you have to fill out around that, but just having those three are going to make that really tough. The Gavit games are in their final year. That's um, a Suedo version of the Big Ten, of a Big Ten Big East challenge. There are a lot of kind of rules and, and whatnot about that. 
It was an eight-year agreement where every team had to play a minimum of four times, but there were exceptions made for Michigan State, and UConn joined the Big East um, after this started, so they haven't officially taken part in it. COVID canceled one of the years, obviously. Uh, So the result is IU has fulfilled its requirement of four games minimum, and a lot of teams haven't. So I don't know what they're going to do in terms of kind of that minimum number. There's a couple teams that have only played two games from the Big Ten. So um, I don't know what they're going to do. There's really not a guarantee IU plays in that. If I had to guess, IU probably won't play in that. Uh, They did it last season. I believe that was the St. John's game that IU played last season as well. So um, I that could potentially be on the schedule, but I'd be surprised if it was. It seems like there are other teams that uh, would have to kind of fulfill those requirements. So outside of that, there could be room for one more marquee game on the schedule. Um, and especially so if you don't get a Duke or UNC in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, you could potentially play a bigger game, um, maybe early in the season. That St. John's game was, I think, the third game of the season, uh, maybe around the holidays. Uh, maybe you go for some more Blue Bloods, like, I mean, Arizona, maybe not quite a Blue Blood, but your, but Kansas certainly is. Duke UNC certainly are. There are a couple of interesting names you could go after. UCLA, uh, not a team, again, IU has traditionally played. If that's something they want to do and that's something they want to start up like they did with Arizona, uh, IU has played them once since 1992, and that was in 2007. So potentially that's a game you could start up on a neutral site like uh, you do with the Arizona game. All these games would be a lot of fun home and homes, especially UCLA, but maybe that's a game you do at a neutral site uh, somewhere maybe out east, uh, since I use already traveling all the way to Vegas, uh, maybe you put it in Conseco. Uh, well, not Conseco, Gainbridge. Um, it was Conseco a long time ago. Maybe you put it in Gainbridge since IU isn't going to be playing there this year, but has spoken about wanting to. Maybe you take it to New York. I'm not sure the location, but um, That would be a fun game, and it would go in line with them playing Arizona for the first time ever, play UNC for the first time or the second time in 30 years. So that would be an interesting one. UConn is another team that IU has some experience with, um, and some they've played a, a little bit more than, well, certainly a lot bit more than they have UNC. They've played twice uh, since 2013. The game in 2019, though, was a god-awful game. Uh, Really, really the peak of Archie Ball. And IU won that game somehow, but nobody came away from that game feeling like a winner. Uh, So that's a team that IU has played a couple times before. Maybe you go for a UConn and play them in Madison Square Garden if it's available. Uh, That's a neutral site game you could take as well. Um, maybe you take a swing at some of the other big newcomers, your Gonzaga's, your Baylor's, your Texas Tech has the obvious connection with Bob Knight. Um, 
and him having coached in both places, Auburn, Arkansas, some of the up and coming or not even up and coming, some of the uh, better SEC teams over the recent couple of seasons. Um, Houston could technically be in that mix and they're going to be one of the best teams in the country. Something tells me IU is not going to be playing Houston as long as Kelvin Sampson is there. And I don't think that's a hot take. It would be a fun game, but uh, he is tied to obviously the low point in IU basketball, one of their lowest points ever, and certainly over the last couple decades. So I don't suspect he is going to, or IU is going to be playing Kelvin Sampson, even if Houston would fit in that category and would be a lot of fun. Uh, Let's take a quick break and keep kind of having this discussion about uh, other games, other teams that could be uh, on the docket. Maybe IU takes part in an early season tournament, the multi-team events. We'll look and see if any of that any of that is possible as well. But our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, as well as MLB scores, fights, and even next season's NL, NFL futures. It's misspelled there. NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So if IU is looking to add another marquee game and it, they are looking, I mean, presumably it would be earlier in the season. Uh, you're pretty set on when you're going to be playing that Big Ten ACC game. Uh, you obviously are fully set on when you're going to be playing these um, Kansas and Arizona games. You're not going to be playing bigger games like during the week or anything around finals time. So then you're looking at middle to late November. They played the St. John's game November 17th. The Syracuse game was November 30th. Somewhere in that window would be probably where you're looking to play uh, another game against I would there's going to be a better team there it's just a matter of how strong of a team Indiana is going to look to play we mentioned uh, UCLA UConn things like that Um, obviously Kentucky is going to be kind of looming over uh, when you have any of this discussion they play that Kentucky game usually middle to late December. That's not happening this year. I don't think anybody thought it was going to. IU playing this neutral site game at Arizona or with Arizona, that's always been the big hangup is that IU wanted games home and home. Kentucky and Calipari wanted games on neutral sites. Maybe there's more of a willingness there with Woodson and Dolson as athletic director than there were with Crean and Fred Glass or Archie Miller and Fred Glass. So if there's interest there, that'd obviously be fun. It's not happening this year. There's a potential for Notre Dame and Butler games. Um, I mean, theoretically, IU could play Butler in the Gavit games and Notre Dame in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, That's almost certainly not going to happen, but I wouldn't mind playing those teams uh, just at different times than or a different time than when IU did in the past. Um, Notre Dame and Butler are intriguing matchups every year. 
playing that at Gamebridge Fieldhouse makes sense, especially Butler now that Thad Mata left uh, Bloomington to go coach at Butler. Uh, the ties are there. Um, I mean, theoretically, a home and home would be fun, but money talks, and you're going to make a lot more money putting that game in Gamebridge Fieldhouse than you are putting that in Hinkle, where they only hold a couple thousand. So I would be really surprised if if they play that game or either of those games and it was anywhere but Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Um, will this would it be a home game or a neutral site game? Indiana is looking to play. We mentioned that probably the Big Ten ACC game will be a home game, um, but then you're going to Fog Allen and you're going across the country to play Arizona. That's not going to feel like a neutral site game for IU. Um, I don't know. Does IU want to make that a home game? You're going to get a lot fewer teams willing to sign up. Uh, if you say you want to play a home and home, if you say you want to play a neutral site game, there might be a lot more teams willing to uh, play the Hoosiers. So that will play a role in it. There are obviously the multi-team events early in the season. Um, your your Maui invites, your Battle for Atlantis events. Uh, both those fields are set this year. The Maui sets their field like two, three years in advance. The 2023 field for Maui has already been announced. IU is not included in it. Purdue is. Um, but those types of events IU could potentially play in, but most of those are already booked up. And so the only one I could really find that doesn't have multiple games is the Gotham Classic in New York. That would be on November 25th. Uh, that will have Notre Dame against St. Bonaventure already in it. They typically play a pair of games. IU doesn't specifically need to play in a specific multi-team event. Uh, maybe they attach themselves to it, and that makes it easier for it to be a uh, a neutral site game, but I, that I don't know. I don't even really know who they would play, who would be interested in playing that. Um, I, the Gotham classic sounds really cool. Um, I know that much. Maybe they play Arkham Asylum. I don't know. Uh, but being attached to the Gotham classic sounds cool. Uh, but outside of that, I'm not entirely certain, uh, who would be interested in playing that game, but the time frame would also be a little complicated with some of these, MTEs because most of the big teams have already signed up for your Maui's, your Battle for Atlantis's, all these events. Uh, a lot of them are playing in the Phil Knight Classic and the Phil Knight Legacy tournaments. Uh, all those are obviously Nike schools. So uh, trying to schedule a game kind of during that week would be tough. So maybe it is a game that takes place a little earlier in November uh, where teams would be would have more availability to play those games, but it'll be interesting to see if IU um, plays a, a tougher opponent in that kind of window, because theoretically you could play a couple of easy games, play that tough game, whatever it is, uh, then have an easy game or two after that. Uh, then you have the Big Ten ACC game, which theoretically could be a Duke or UNC. And just looking off last season, uh, then you jump into Big Ten play. You go into the holidays with maybe one. Uh, you probably actually wouldn't even have time. You'd play two 
conference games and then go into the Arizona and Kansas games uh, and then potentially play a couple uh, other non-conference games around the holidays against your easier teams. And that's your schedule. So that would give you a, a quality opponent uh, in that November time frame, a quality Big Ten ACC opponent, and Arizona and Kansas, which is going to be four top. I mean, at least three of those would be top 50 teams in Ken Palm next season, a fourth potentially. IU didn't play its fourth top 50 Ken Palm team until uh, January 20th of last year, and all four of them were well, outside of Notre Dame, three of the four were Big Ten teams. So it's going to be a drastically different schedule for Indiana next season, uh, regardless of if they add one more kind of tougher opponent, as I think they might uh, in that early November slate. A couple other quick tidbits uh, to wrap up today's episode. Jordan Halls, in case you missed it, added to the staff for the men's basketball team. Uh, sounds like it's been something that's been in the works for quite a while. But he was officially named the Hoosiers team and recruiting coordinator. That was the position that uh, Brian Walsh had. He was promoted to Dane Fife's position or promoted upwards to fill that hole in the coaching staff. So uh, a promotion led to this opening. Jordan Halls will take it after he finishes up his season playing uh, in Europe. And then he's done playing professionally. This is a, a full-time job. He's transition, transitioning into coaching. So exciting to see him involved with the program. Um, obviously a beloved Hoosier during his time in Bloomington. Was a part of all those really, really fun Tom Crean teams. And part of the rebuild and the return to prominence Indiana had. So awesome to see him back with the staff. Rhett Lewis is going to be joining Don Fisher in the radio booth for football games this season. Uh, Lewis is a former Indiana wide receiver. He's also an NFL Network broadcaster. He hosts uh, a number of shows on the NFL Network. Also hosts Sirius XM radio shows. Uh, regularly is on the Sirius XM Big Ten show. So someone that is still familiar with the Big Ten and obviously is familiar with IU. He played for IU from 2001 to 2005. So a fun name to see added to the coverage of the football team. We talked about the football team in Monday's episode. If you guys want to go give that a listen about why they didn't have a spring game and the really bizarre excuse that Tom Allen had for it. So uh, be sure to check that out here once we finish this one up. But thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you later in the week to talk more off-season content, potentially recruiting news. IU's been busy in that front all spring, and it uh, feels like they could be making offers at any point at this uh, or at any stage at this point. So we'll always have that for you as well. Now make your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. Uh, we'll be on the show on Thursday talking. I believe some women's basketball. So make sure you guys are subscribed so you can listen to Nate Dickinson uh, every day. And he's joined by guests around the conference. As I said, myself included every Thursday. Appreciate the love you guys continue to show us. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you don't already at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating and review. Helps us out a ton. Most importantly, though, guys, 
Everybody have a great, great Tuesday. And Elio, 